Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. I'm Tim Crouch. If you're considering a divorce, it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. Well, Amy, thank you for joining us today on the Respectful Divorce Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I think it's timely to have you on this particular one because we are speaking in January and January is the Child Centered Divorce Month focus. So it's especially good to have you then. And in March, there is a program that is nationwide called Divorce with Respect Week. And I think that all kind of goes hand in hand. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. If you would tell our audience, our listening audience, what are the books that you have recently and fairly recently published? Sure. So um, the first book that I have written, um, and it was published back in, I'm going to try and think now, I think 2021, is One Princess, Two Castles. And this is a book that a lot of family law firms um, carry throughout the state of Texas to give over to their clients the minute they're retained for a divorce, a SAPS, or or a modification. Um, And it's basically designed to give those parents a resource to help facilitate that difficult discussion. You said divorce, SAPS, or a modification. Would you explain what a SAPS is? Because I know many of the people that aren't in this business don't know what that acronym means. Sure. So it's a suit affecting parent-child relationship. So basically, um, you know, the parents were not married and but they have a child together. And so um just a, a real quick snippet about my book, it does not mention the word divorce for two reasons. Number one, when I wrote it um for my youngest daughter, she was five, and I felt divorce was much too strong of a word. And then when I decided to move forward and publish that to help so many parents and their children. I still didn't add the word divorce in for that very reason, number one. Um, But reason number two, we know that there are tons of families that they are not legally married, but their pain is no different than um, I would imagine the the pain of a family where there is a, a marriage certificate involved. And I wanted to be able to reach and help as many parents and children as possible. So basically, um, this book is designed to help parents, A, facilitate that discussion. And as they're facilitating that discussion, the book is designed to help give children permission for their hearts to hurt because we know that that's going to happen. They feel very confused on that day and often feel like their world is falling apart. But the book also gives children an unapologetic permission to feel very excited about spending time with both parents, regardless of what is happening behind the scenes. Um, I'm a firm believer that children need to be able to um, feel like both parents are their heroes. And I wanted um, my own daughter to just feel really excited to spend time, not just with me, but with her father. And then um, it also has a key phrase in it that I think is very important. And that phrase that's repeated over and over throughout the book is things will be different but things will be good. And I am a firm believer that even in the darkest, the most difficult of times, something good can come from that if you are diligent about looking for that. And so I'm a huge believer in parents and children working together to look for the good, even in those very different, difficult situations. 
That's very beautiful. And I may have told you that I was about six when my grandparents got divorced and I stayed with them every day while my parents worked. And I remember the first Christmas, either they were divorced or they were in the process of it. And every Christmas, the three of us would go to downtown Fort Worth to Leonard's Toyland, which was a big thing if you were a child in Fort Worth. And so that first Christmas, my grandmother, who was way ahead of her time, took me and got me, my coat was worn out and she went and got me a little red coat with a black fake fur collar and a little black hat and got me all decked out so that I would be really excited about going to downtown Fort Worth with my grandfather. And I remember thinking that day, it is different, but it's good. It's going to be all right. And so that's one of the things that I'd really like to loop back to if we could. I'm sure this is a a theory or philosophy that has been around forever, but on a Johnny Cash special one time, his daughter, Roseanne Cash, talked about her father being so able to hold two contradicting thoughts at the same time. And that's, I think, what you're talking about and something that you really have honed in on and emphasized. And I think that is such a huge life lesson for all children, whether they're going through a divorce or not. And that's the concept that you can be excited and looking forward at the same time you have some sadness. So could you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. And, and, and I feel like this is, you know, it's for children and parents alike. Number one, you know, you have a child that's going quite often from living in one house, spending time with their parents together. And now they're having to figure out navigating, you know, two different houses, two different apartments. Maybe there's grandparents involved um, and whatever. And so it's getting out of that comfort zone that they once had, that this is the way it's always been, but it's not the way that it's going to always be. And that's going to be okay. And this is going to help them grow. And it's also going to help them help other people later on throughout their life. And I really do believe, not that divorce is ideal and everyone should go through it, because certainly that is not the case. But I really do believe that children that go through divorce, especially when it can be a healthy journey and there's healthy co-parenting involved, it can make these children a lot more adaptable to other situations more able to embrace change and a lot stronger in the long run. I totally agree with that. It's just a life skill that if children don't learn how to hold those differing feelings in their heart at the same time, then they may become even a personality disorder of that black and white thinking, all or nothing thinking. It's either all yes or all no. And one of the things that I'd like you to talk about, if you would, is And I don't want to pick on a particular gender in this, but um, statistically, more moms still have standard possession or more time with the children than the dad. And sometimes it seems that what I have encountered is moms are so in their own pain when their children are leaving to go to stay with their other parent that that leaks out. And they make the children sad because they're sad. And I think that's a real disservice to the children. And so when my when my mom clients feel that way, I say, think of this as your spa weekend. You work really, really hard as a single parent. Get yourself a bubble bath. If you don't have the money to go get a massage, do a bubble bath. Um, watch a movie. 
do some self-care. So I know you're very experienced and have a lot of opinions about that, but given that this is Child-Centered Awareness Month, Divorce Awareness Month, um, I really want us to help parents realize it's the parent's job to help the children learn to celebrate rather than being sad when they're going from one parent's home to the other. A thousand percent. And I, I completely agree with you. And here's the thing. I don't just have the the book knowledge from going through courses, you know, to become a divorce and co-parenting coach. I have the heart knowledge. So I'm one of those individuals. I've been divorced twice. And my girls I have three daughters, two from the first marriage, one from the, the second marriage. And quite frankly, you know, my girls were my world. And when they, having been a stay-at-home mom um, in both marriages at different points, when they, when they left for quite a while, I mean, there was just this hole in my heart and I just missed them so terribly. So I understand that. But I really do believe it is our job as a parent, even when you are in the depths of despair and you're missing them or you're so angry or you feel so betrayed, you sometimes have to fake it till you make it. And you have to fake that excitement and be as genuine as you possibly can. I know with my youngest little girl, she was five when um, we first did the split. And on the Thursdays that she would go to her dad's um, or her house with her dad's, excuse me, in her little lunches that I would make, I would write, have fun. It's a daddy day. And you're going to have so much fun with your dad. And then when we would do the phone calls or when she would come home, I'm like, tell me your favorite thing you got to do. And I would act so excited, even on those times on the inside where it was like, you know, I really did miss her. Oh, there were certain things I wish I could have done, but wasn't able to do for different reasons. And I really do believe that when you act excited, eventually over time, as you begin to heal, it will be genuine. And the more important thing in that is that if you act excited for your child to spend time with that other parent, I really feel like, A, the child is going to be more comfortable when they're with the other parent, right? Because they don't carry that burden of your pain and guilt. Um, but it also helps them to have those conversations with you that, oh my goodness, I had so much fun going bike riding, you know, with my other parent, or we went to Six Flags and I was scared on the roller coaster, but I wound up having so much fun because, you know, daddy held my hand or things like that. Because even though you're split and you're living in two separate households, I really do think you figured out how to have a child with this person you better figure out how to co-parent with them. And it doesn't end, co-parenting doesn't end the minute the child turns 18. It doesn't end the minute that last child support check is written or received. This is a lifetime commitment because in all likelihood, your child will be potentially graduating from college or having other celebrations um, for their careers, marriages, children's births, you know, so you've got grandchildren. And although your job is not to make your children's lives perfect, your job is to help facilitate a healthy life for your child. And that includes co-parenting throughout the years. Well, that is so profound. And I will just share you the last part of my Christmas trip with my grandfather. I know when I left and my grandmother had spent, she didn't make very much money then. I bet she spent a week's salary on getting me dressed up to go spend, have a good 
time with him at our usual tradition. And I'll bet she cried as I was riding off, but I would have never known it because she was so joyful for me to get to do that with him. And then when I came back to her at the end of that visit with him, she now that I look back, she could have been tearful and said, I'm just so sad I didn't get to do it with you this year like we've always done before. But instead, she wasn't like pumping me like, tell me what he did uh, or anything like reporting. It was tell me what a great time you had. Tell me all that you did. And she was just joyful in her questions about that, which just reinforced that it was a happy occasion. And obviously, 60 years ago, I remember it with with great fondness. And I think the work that I do is a result of them teaching me and modeling that for me. Well, and that's the thing is that children, I really don't think they ever forget those moments. I've talked to more and more adults or they'll message me on social media and they may not like a post, you know, like do the thumbs up or heart or comment, but they're messaging me off to the side and it's triggering these memories they had. Yes. As a child, they're like, I wish I would have had this resource. But going back to um, how children can carry that burden, I think so much of the time, Parents don't realize the things that they're saying. Sometimes parents are saying it purposely and, and they shouldn't, you know. But I think sometimes parents are so caught up in their hurt, they don't realize the damage they're doing by saying certain things to their children. I remember when I was going through my first divorce, I went through um, a class called, I think it's Children in the Middle or Child in the Middle. And I never will forget um, them saying to us, you never tell your child you're going to miss them. And I was so thankful I went through that class because back in 2008, I didn't have a lot of friends that had walked it. And I thought, this is really interesting. Well, actually two years ago, because I used to be a kindergarten teacher and I was teaching kindergarten and I had this precious little girl at the beginning of the morning come in and she is falling to pieces. She is bawling. And I said, sweetheart, what is wrong? And I knew that her parents were going through divorce. And she said, Miss Tyson, she said, I'm going to my daddy's today, but my mommy said, I can't stay very long because she'll miss me. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's no, 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 no. And I'm sure that mom probably didn't know that she wasn't no. say that. And here this little girl was broken hearted. She wanted to spend time with her dad, but she was feeling that burden of, I don't want my mommy to hurt. And this is as at age five. It's just heartbreaking to hear that on behalf of the child and know that she'll, she'll carry those scars the rest of her life. Right. And so as when I was a teacher, um, I tried to always, you know, share that with my students that, oh, you know, my youngest, she lives in two castles. And we kind of talked about it. And my castle was my apartment that we're in right now, because I believe your any home is what you make it. But I tried to always talk about, you know, how important it is to have fun with when you're with both parents. And that would open up conversations with my students to feel, you know, more excited about spending time at, at both of their castles. So. I love the work you've done, and I'm so grateful to you on behalf of little Camille that didn't have a book like this when I was going through it with my grandparents' divorce, and on behalf of all the children that go through it and have already enjoyed your resources. Could you share with everyone about your 
I call it a journal. It's called Little Hearts, Big Feelings, which is the accompanying resource to your book about One Princess, Two Castles. Absolutely. So this, um, so One Princess, Two Castles is targeted for children ages of four to 10. Um, if they're, you know, read to a lot, it can definitely be adapted for a three-year-old. Um, good for boys and girls. There's nothing the princess does that is just, you know, considered gender specific. Um, and I've gotten good feedback from boys having read the book too. Little Hearts, Big Feelings is completely different. It can be used alongside of One Princess, Two Castles, but this is targeted for also for children ages four to 14. And the, the rationale behind Little Hearts, Big Feelings is as a um, previous educator, and a previous single mother of three daughters, I truly believe that children are more readily able to express their emotions through drawings versus verbal communication and, and even writing words. You think about us as adults, right? Sometimes it can be incredibly difficult for us as adults who have tons of experience expressing our emotions verbally to people. Um, and so you take a child who feels like their world is forever changing and falling apart. And oftentimes they feel like they are bearing the burden of their parents' pain because even if their parents aren't verbalizing how upset they are, maybe they're crying a lot, they overhear conversations, they may get a hold of their parents' phone or just the facial expressions. And so children can feel like if I talk to mom or dad, I'm just gonna add to their burden of their pain. And so here they're keeping it bottled up inside which is not what we want at all. The journal is designed um, to be a platform, number one, for children to express their emotions through drawings. Each page of the journal, and um, there's one page with a bubble font phrase, and then the corresponding page will have a prompt that children will draw out their feelings to. Now, the very beginning of the journal is very bubblegum. Children don't realize, okay, we're about to get into the nitty gritty. The beginning of the journal talks about, you know, draw a picture of yourself. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite snack? And then it gets into draw a picture of your family. And um, draw, you know, a picture of you and mom. What is your favorite? What are your four of your favorite things to do with your mom? Draw a picture of you and dad. What are four of your favorite things to do with dad? And it talks about things that you're afraid of. What are some things that you can do when you feel afraid? What are some ways mom and dad um, can help you? It goes through all of those things. And it's great because. Number one, it helps children to express their feelings. Number two, when it talks about fears or um, sadness or being mad, there's a corresponding page. What are some things you could do to help you not feel afraid? I love that because you think about it's one thing to get them to express it, but then to give them tools that they can pull out of themselves or know how to develop is brilliant. You. I, you know, children are capable of so much. We really don't give them credit for it. And so if we can help them process their feelings through drawings, they can come up with some strategies to help themselves feel better. But first, they've got to process 
How am I feeling and what's making me feel that way? So A, gives children a platform to express their feelings, work on how to work through those and heal and have comfort. And here's another great thing about the journal. It gives parents some insight into their children. So oftentimes in a relationship or a marriage, there may be one parent that has been disconnected somewhat. Maybe they travel a lot for work and maybe emotionally wise, they just haven't been able to be as present as they need to be. So this journal helps to get helps them to get to know their child because mm. chances are they're going to start having their child on their own and it's imperative that they know how their child feels, but things they like, like their favorite snack, their favorite book. Um, number two, it's giving these parents, both of them, the mother and the father, insight into what are they afraid of? What makes them sad? And what can I do to help facilitate that? Sometimes what we think our children are feeling is not at all what they're feeling. They may really be struggling with some things. A lot of parents just impose what they think the children are feeling. Right. And so maybe, um, or you may have a situation, I do believe somebody can be a pretty rotten spouse, but they can still be an excellent parent. So if you're the parent that maybe you are just holding on to all this hostility and you're seeing pictures where your child is drawing the things that they really love about their other parent and that they love to do with them, and they're drawing pictures with smiley faces or speech bubbles with really neat things in them, you know, maybe it's time to take a hard look and let go of some of that hostility and be like, you know what? My child really loves their other parent and they need that parent in their life. So it can really help. But here's how the journal can also help you all as litigators or even the judges that are ruling over these cases. You may have a parent coming in saying, my child doesn't want to spend time with their other parent. We need to file for this type of custody and, and so forth. Well, you may say, because the, the idea also is that when a client retains you, not only do you hand over a copy of One Princess, Two Castles, saying to your um, client, listen, I'm going to hand over a resource that can help facilitate what can be a very difficult discussion. Um, I also want to provide you with a copy of uh, Little Hearts, Big Feelings and to help your child express their emotions and to work through those. And so when they meet, when your client meets with you periodically, you can have them bring in the journal. And that is a great time for you to, to take a look at those pictures. Okay, so are they filing for a different type of custody? Or are they filing for a modification? But let's look at these pictures. When you look at the picture of the child drawing the family, is there a zigzag down the middle where it's looked like it's, you know, like a broken heart? Are, is everybody smiling? Is the child holding on to one parent, not the other? What do the facial expressions look like throughout the book? And um, what do these pictures look like as far as like quality time and what their fears are and what they're thinking about when they go to bed at night and when they wake up in the morning? Because this journal works through all of that. And you're seeing things through the eyes of a child. That's amazing. So it can, I feel like it can be really helpful for you all. And then the idea of the journal is that when parents are putting their children to bed at night, um, is that they're putting them to bed about 10 to 15 minutes earlier, that they turn on the lamp, they give them some drawing utensils. And if they're too young to read, the parent reads the prompt and then says, you know what, I'm going to let you have some time with your journal. I'm going to go read or I'm going to do some laundry. I'll come tuck you in in a little bit. They give their child the 10 to 15, 20 minutes. They come in and say, okay, let's put your journal away. It's not the time for the parent to go through it with the child. 
They just put it away. And then they tuck their child in, go on about their business. And then later on, when their child's not in their presence, that's the time to look at the journal to process, not to quiz, but to process. And without regard to what's in the journal, journaling is a well-known therapeutic tool when anyone is engaging in any sort of therapy. So you're teaching them those skills that they will take forward in the rest of their life. Because we want children to heal. What we don't want is the situation that I feel like our society is is in right now. It's been monkey see, monkey do. And this is how mom and dad handled their split. This is how I'm going to handle it. And then I firmly believe then we get into this generational cycle. Um, Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way. It truly doesn't. What I'll just tell you, my primary focus is collaborative divorce work. And very often I will have a client come in that says that they and their spouse have decided they don't want their parents' divorce. And that's why they want the collaborative divorce process, which I think is kind of an interesting shift. So if you could share with us a little bit about what coach divorce coaching means, what that looks like, how is it different from being a counselor or a mental health professional? How is it different from just being a lawyer that that coaches their clients? I'm so glad you asked because I think there's not enough education out there about what a divorce coach or co-parenting coach is and, and what we actually do. So thank you. Um, I recently got certified as a divorce coach and I, I'm also going to do co-parenting coaching as well. So number one, as a divorce coach, I don't ever give legal advice. That's a hard no. I'm not skilled in that, nor am I able to do that. So I don't give legal advice. I also don't do any diagnosing or anything like that. So I don't work like an attorney and I don't work um, as a therapist or a counselor. What my job is as a divorce coach is to have individuals meet with me and we explore different paths um, of what their life might look like if they make certain decisions. And so I help them in that. I help them to, um, I refer them out to different attorneys or different specialists that they might be needing. And I know I've gotten a question a couple of times, like, will I only refer to one attorney? And the answer is no. So as a divorce coach, my job is to listen to the client's needs. And then I refer a certain group of people. It won't be a gigantic list. And it also won't be a group like a single person. So I'm not making those choices for them. I will give them a short list of people that I believe professionals, I believe, can help them. You know, a lot of times it's not that you don't want to do that emotional handholding that your clients need. You guys don't have time. And so if I can do that emotional handholding and help clients to get to where they're not so stuck in the story of divorce so that they're better prepared to handle the business of divorce when they meet with you all, that way your meetings are more productive and hopefully they're able to meet those deadlines for their discovery and things like that. And they're able to make better use of your time and their time and they're better prepared for mediation and and court hearings should they have um, those. And I'm able to go in if attorneys want me um, or clients want me to sit in on a mediation, I'm able to do that or go sit at the back of the courtroom if they want the moral support there. And then as far as the co-parenting coaching, 
you know, a lot of times parents are, they're hurting so badly, they find it really difficult to parent with one another. And it doesn't always have to be that way. So before they send that email, before they send that text, let's work through those things. And then a lot of times going through a divorce, you know, parents don't know somebody may be having to go back to work. Where does my life look like? All I ever wanted to be was a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife. And now that's being taken away from me. So where do I go from now? So I really do feel like I can help people in those preliminary stages and the years following the divorce. And I expect you working with these folks means that their legal expenses are less and their counseling expenses are less. That is the hope, right? Because if they are getting unstuck on the story, then they're more able to process and answer your questions and have those discussions in a better way. That's the hope. Yes. Well, I want to personally thank you for your work. I'm just so glad there's someone out there like you. And I look forward to our working together on lots of different areas and lots of different cases. And so if you could tell our listening audience where they can find your books. Absolutely. So you can get my journal and um, my book on my website. It's happiness in I in in the heartache.com. So I'm a firm believer in helping people find happiness in the midst of their heartache. So it's happiness in the heartache.com. You can email me at happiness in the heartache at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Instagram. My name on there is the Texas Divorce Coach. And where can they order your books at other places or would would the best place be from you directly? It'd be from me directly on my website. And um, if you have a family law firm, I would love to come meet with your firm if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you're outside of that, I would love to Zoom with you because there are definitely firms throughout Texas that I've Zoomed with that carry my resources. And I can also coach clients that are out of town via Zoom. And you also have group rights if law firms or groups of lawyers buy a set of your books. Is that correct? Um, so typically they buy them in bundles and it's yes. a bundle of 10. So yes, they buy them in bundles of 10 and then it discounts that shipping. Well, thank you, Amy, so much for all your work and for being with us today on the Respectful Divorce Podcast. I wish you and your family continuing happiness and you're going to be giving lots of other families happiness in the future. Thank you so much, Camille.